Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. We are back for episode 12. That's like three months or something. A hard dozen. <laughs> That's a hard dozen. <laughs> Biggest dozen is 13 because he wants some spare one to eat himself, is that? Or is he just if he muffs one up? Why does a ba- why did the baker have brown hands? Because he needed a poo. There you go. And he had problems in his life. Let's do the Baker's Dozen stuff next week. Yeah. Because we need to, really. Yeah. I mean, that's what a Baker's Dozen is. But, but we're right. a hard dozen in. We're a hard dozen in. Mm. What, does, what, does 12, what does the number 12 mean to you, Luke? Uh, 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah. My, my true love gave to me. How many of them can you name? First year I kissed a girl, probably. Something like that. 12? What? Nah. What? No, when I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, no. What? What were you I saying? It's like twelve days of Christmas. How many can you name? Oh, partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. Lords of leaping. Yeah. Crowing something, doing a crow. Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a four calling birds, five gold ring- rings. Yeah. Six. Six. Geese are laying. Is one of them in there? Yeah. I can't do it. Beyond five gold rings, I'm I'm in I'm in bad bad shape. I know shape. two. I know yeah. two. Your memory is you. You always go on about how bad your memory is, and you remember everything. Well, you tell me you can't do five gold rings. I remember that. All right. I know those right. two. Four calling birds, three French hens. Yeah, I know, two, now yeah. someone's doing it. Yeah. I can probably like carry on with them. North of five gold rings, it gets very very <laughs> difficult for me. That's all I'll say. I just get confused about Sonic the video game. Yeah. <laughs> I get really excited. <laughs> it might be about him. Anyway, we're twelve. In. Yeah. Episode 12. Five running hedgehogs. No, that's not what it is. Are you ready for uh, a little bit of chat about... Well, basically, uh, yesterday, you gave a big shout. Uh, I saw a picture of a over WhatsApp. We were having a chat about all kinds of nonsense. Um, and I saw online uh, a picture that someone had posted of a Kit Kat without any wafer in it. They were yes. lucky enough to receive a Kit Kat with all that delicious Nestle's chocolate uh, without any uh, wafer in it. Are you going to do the It's, it's Been thing for us? <sighs> so I don't really know where I am with that. Uh, sorry. It's been... You happy now? Yeah, I'm happy. It's I, been I, one week since we did a listen, show. Listen, I cannot even approach the creative high point of last week, which is the world's highest singing man and the world's <laughs> lowest singing man, without that jingle to set me off and running. Thank you very Still much. Can't, I've been trying all week. Kit Kat, Nestle's Kit Kat. Kit Kat, Nestle. Yeah. Don't buy Nestle. Obligatory, obligatory Nestle comment. <laughs> Don't buy Nestle. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah they uh, somebody received a Kit Kat and it didn't have a wafer in it. Yeah, and you replied, yeah. "I've had one of those before, and it was a chunky one." Yeah, big shout, big bollocksy lion shout. I'm Stand not having by this. It. Stand by it. What a Kit Kat chunky? I'm telling you now. About five years ago. I bought a kick. Listen, Pete, if it's something I know, it's chocolate bars, right? <laughs> you can't have it both ways. I bought, imagine, imagine, just imagine the quantity of chocolate bars I buy compared to you, right? So it's much more likely to happen to me than it is to you. No, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chocolate head. I'm a, I'm a, I eat sweets. More. I'm a chocolate head, I'm a chocolate head. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll treat me as such. Um, I stop leaving me next to the open fire. I'm telling you now. Right. I, it was about. It was definitely before what the sort of, um, you know, the, the widespread use of WhatsApp and all that sort of what they call dark sharing type stuff. <laughs> right. Um, and it was probably even before, oh, it's probably longer than five years ago, to be honest. Uh, and I, I got, I bought a Kit Kat chunk in, it's solid chocolate. And you didn't take a picture, you snaffled it right away. No, I don't know why I didn't take a picture. The best picture I've ever taken, thinking about of it. Of a chocolate bar? No, not of a chocolate bar. But you know what? I was looking, when we did that conversation, uh, as you said, oh, yesterday or the day well, before. Well, it, it was sparked by the email you're about to read out. I think that, that, that's why we're talking about oh, yeah. Kit Kats. I'll get on to the email in a minute. Mm. 
But I just wanted before we do. Actually, I did email first. I did email first. All right, okay. okay. Don't, do email make first. sure you remind me because I don't want to forget. They're quite an interesting thing I've got to say. What was what was the um, bit? How have I got to remind you? Because I don't know what the story is. Fox. Fox. Tell me, just fox. Okay. Anyway, glassy mint. Step up. No, nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing to do with, uh, with confectionery at all. Right. Um, I don't know why we're doing an email now, but we are. It's the it's yeah. been section instead. But it's we do been. We're finding out what other people are doing too. This, this is an email from uh, Paul Brooks. Right. He says, "Hi guys, in regards to your size. Oh, this is what it is. He says, in regards to your chat about the size of chocolate bars, which you mentioned a few weeks ago, how they're getting." smaller mm. he says i can shed some light on this i worked in confectionery sales for a few years and can confirm that chocolate bars have shrunk but this is because the government want to tax sugar to tackle obesity and so chocolate companies met with mps to discuss they told mps that sugar is essential for chocolate bar structure and taste and therefore decided to make bars smaller to get around government guidelines although they didn't reduce the price obviously keep up the good work paul uh, is that true well, I did a little bit of research uh, around this on Paul's behalf because you know it's great insight, Paul. But you didn't, you didn't provide any show, you didn't show your working, so that's uh, that for you. Um, I've got a few here, Yorkie. Okay, right. This is also a Nestle oh, product. I, like I, I do, do too. Like a Yorkie. I like um, a raisin and um, peanut one, not peanut. Um, raisin yeah. and biscuit. biscuit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the original Yorkie bar weighed fifty-eight grams back in the nineteen seventies. And over time, shrunk to fifty-two grams, yeah. but it settled at its current weight of forty-six grams. That's tiny. Yep. What was it in nineteen seventy? Whatever. Fifty. Well, this is it's quite interesting because in fifty in, in the nineteen seventies, weighed fifty-eight grams. Mm. Okay, it shrunk to fifty-two, but there seems to be, and you'll see, um, you'll see this sort of manifested in a minute as well with these other ones. In the, for some reason, like the early 2000s, a lot of chocolate bars massively increased in weight. I think it might have been around that super-sized McDonald's type thing, or it's just excessive. Well, everything just got bigger. Yeah, and it went up to, to 70 grams in the two, in 2000s. <laughs> anyway, it's come back down to 46 grams now, so that's a lot smaller than it was originally. Twixes have shrunk 17% from 60 grams to 50 yeah, they've, grams. Yeah, they definitely got smaller, yeah. Snickers, I think Snickers is an absolute joke. They're tiny Yeah, now. they're almost approaching snack-slash-fun size, aren't they? 62 grams in 1990, now also, oh, now 48 grams, so a touch bigger than the Yorkie. Lion Bar. That's, not si- that, that's weight, though, isn't it? Rather than size. So, I mean, and that's the only metric we can work on, but I, they could just be using denser products <laughs> to make it, you know, the same weight. Well, it's not denser, is it? Because it's not the same weight. Sorry, they could heavier, heavier products, let's say. But it's not heavier, uh, it's lighter. What? <laughs> well, they could be using lighter products. Well, because you think technology's increased in the chocolate making. Could be putting more air in it. Lion Bar. <laughs> <laughs> 55 grams You're in the lying. 2000s. <laughs> I'm not lying. You're lying about that kick You can't leave that lion there. It's not a lion. Um, it was 55 grams, it's now 50 grams. And Double Decker, which is a personal favourite of mine, I'll be right, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a, got a bit of everything in there, hasn't it? 60 grams in 2000s, now 55 grams. So it, it certainly that is. That seems um, like better value than the others. The Double Decker, it's only it's gone down lo- by five grams. There's a lot of chocolate bar on a Double Decker. I'm interested. It's just sweepings on it. Sweepings. Yeah, it probably is. Lips yeah. and arseholes, I'm going to say. He loved a bit of a hobby. Because my old man says about steaks, how do you want your steak cooked? My old man says, rip its horns off and wipe its arse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh dearie me. Anyway, um, shall I tell you about the fox? Well, I was going to say, I was going to tell you about um, how misinformed you can be if you, you know when you buy those sweeteners um, that are zero, yeah. zero calories or whatever? Yeah. Apparently, if uh, the calorific content uh, is zero, is um, under five uh, calories, under five calories, you don't have to say how many calories they are. Right. So these zero calorie 
sweeteners are yeah. occasionally five calories. Right. Because they're, but, but they can literally say it's a no calorie. That doesn't mean, no I mean five sweetener. calories is nothing though, is it? I know it's nothing, but it's still misinformation, isn't it? It's not no calories. There's something like 350 calories in a pint or something like that. It's crazy. I mean, that's the thing that makes me, you know, that I can't lose weight. Yeah. Pints. Well, Guin- Guin- I, I think, like pints. I think Guinness is the worst for that. Guinness. I'm always surprised how like red wine is and stuff. All all the nice stuff. But if you want to like lose weight, it's like gin in it, and but with no tonic. We could gin do, and soda. We could be Ugh. doing. With, we could do with a with a, like a slim fast type sponsor. <laughs> what like uh, local booze? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can get skinny prosecco. I saw that in the shop last week. Oh, there's no point. If I, I think with that sort of stuff, you're going to do it. Just do it. Yeah. So if I, occasionally when I go to McDonald's, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole secret menu thing again. But occasionally when we go to McDonald's, I, don't, I never. When I go to McDonald's, I never pussyfoot around. I just get on with it. <laughs> I, have, I get everything I want. I mean, everything. I mean, you look at the calorie content in just a burger. There, it's like 700. If you're cl- if you're worrying about you know cleaving off 200 calories out of a out of a you know a happy meal or something there's no point there's no. literally no point no, you, you're gonna you're gonna walk into there and you're gonna walk out having had 2000 calories bare minimum like that's just what that's your daily and happily to be honest though, I, I could eat like a mcdonald's every day yeah i could yeah but like say i ate one that was like 1500 calories that's i could i could survive on that a day you can't eat nothing else yeah or anything to drink just water yeah no I think you're allowed to, you're allowed 2,500 calories ish right no that's for a man your size not for me oh, okay right I, I, it's funny because I, I I looked into that and um, I think I can stop I heard it's 5,000 yeah I can do 2,800 <laughs> what because I'm quite a bit taller and all that sort of stuff but anyway you know, I think and I'll stick this out there to the people who want to get in touch at Luke and Pete show on Twitter or hello at Luke and Pete show.com. I'll put this out in now for everyone right. McDonald's is by miles and I mean by miles the best fast food restaurant by miles no burger wise Burger King out of the big, no, out of the big four out of really, the big four Burger King tastes really plasticky I think no no it doesn't it, it, no, it tastes plasticky because it tastes of it, it's actually been flame but they've manufactured a flame grilled taste I yeah. don't think it is actually flame grilled no Anyway, can I tell this Fox story? Tell I've got to tell story. you, no, I'll, I'll put it out here, I'll, absolutely, I'll preface it by saying, I understand that no one that hears this is going to believe me, but I promise you this is true, <laughs> okay? This happened to me alone, no one else was around, and I'll tell you... It, like the Kit Kat Chunky? No, yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you the story now. So I used to live in northwest London, and my nearest overground train station was Bronsbury Park. Do you know it? Mm, yeah, I do. On the overground. And one particular day, I was working for a company out west of London, and one particular day I had to get up and get into work early. Yeah. And it was, it was probably, I can't remember the time of year, but it was still sort of half dark, but not so dark I couldn't see. Um, and I was, but I was early enough to be at the train station on my own. Not a very busy train station anyway, but I was there on my own. I'm standing on the platform. And I've got a photo of the aftermath of this to prove that it happened as much as mm. I can. I'm standing on the platform, and uh, there's a fox over the other side of the, the, the train station on the other platform. Bull hat. No, 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 no. no. This, you, know, you, know, you know the famous fox sto- uh, picture of the fox come up the escalator? Yeah. This, I think this is better than that, okay? <laughs> right. This is fox opposite me on the platform, sniffing around. It sees me, but it's not overly bothered by, by me. Um, as, as, and as, as sort of events sort of unfold a train coming the other way so to the platform that the fox is on yeah uh, comes along and you can and the type of station it is and if you care that much you can go and visit it you can see the train coming from quite far away hmm. train pulls up pulls up the fox gets closer and closer and sort of looks at the train looks back and it starts to panic right hmm. and the fox uh, to cut a long story short it's just me on the platform only me hmm. there i'm the only one that sees this um, the fox jumps down off the platform onto the track and the gap between where the train's going to come and the tracks and the platform edge, okay? And it sits there for ages, right? Right. 
and the train's getting closer and closer. And the last minute, the, the fox panics and tries to go across the tracks, gets hit by the train, Ugh. and the train cleanly cuts its head off. Right? That uh, ended in... It started like that Match.com advert where the lad's playing the ukulele, and it ended with a decapitated fox. And I'm and not happy. I'm going to show you the photo right now. You took a picture of it. I took a picture of the aftermath. Look at that. Oh, wow, that is, that is a clean cut. Unbelievable, isn't it? Wow. It was like... It, that's like a... He was committing suicide. Have you ever seen anything like that? D- hang I'll on, were you th- twiddling your moustache and tying him? Don't put... I'm not having that on the Twitter. I'll stick it on the Twitter. No. It's, get- it's basically Decatur Fox with a very clean, slightly bloodless, weirdly bloodless... Drum by, done by the train wheel, no less. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it at the time. I, this is incredible. I, I'll be honest, I went round the other side of the platform to get close enough to take a photo. And, and, then, and then No, and then <laughs> I sent it. it. I sent it to a couple of people. Unbelievable situation. Yeah. So anyway, that's what has been frightening my butt this week. Horrible. And, and, yeah, that's what's floating your butt, a decapitated fox. If anyone wants to see the photo, you're more than welcome to do so. Maybe I could, maybe I could DM <laughs> it to people or whatever. Oh, that, um, that's going to take some time. We'll both look after Luke. We'll both look after Luke. If he feels sad with that mum and dad, we'll both look after Luke. You don't need looking after. No, I don't. That fox did. Um, I haven't actually got onto the bit I prepared for oh. show and tell this week. Sorry, Karen, what, what have you been doing this should week? I, should I breeze for it real quick? Yeah. Got, it's been... I got sidetracked by the fox in the mm. chocolate bar. Um, I'll be quick. Um, I spent ages... So we, last week we mentioned a bit about Game of Thrones and I said, look, I've got to catch up on Game of Thrones. We're not yeah, going to spoil yeah. anyone anyway, so you haven't no, got to worry no, no. about it. But I have caught up now. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but there was an episode a week or so ago which involved a battle and a dragon. Right. Uh, that's not a spoiler. No, and so I, I was in, started getting a bit interested in, in this, and I and I, and I saw a, um, a, a an article a while back which said it was some geeky sort of blog where it said we can work out. They said they can work out a lot of stuff about the world that Game of Thrones exists in. Westeros. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. So Westeros and all that sort of yeah. stuff, just by the fact that there are dragons there and that they can fly. So what, what do you, mean, it, you can find out? A... Well, so what they can say is okay. So what sort of atmosphere needs to exist for that to be possible? I mean, bearing in mind that dragons don't exist. Well, no, I'm, well, just, we, we, I'm just saying. If, right. if, they, if they, what they'll do is they'll take a fully grown dragon, they'll compare it to the size of the human there, mm. uh, and then they'll say, right, this is how the this is what atmosphere is needed, the gravitational pull, the rest of it for the dragon to, to be able to actually fly. So it's actually, right, it's just a lo- basically what it's doing is taking the stuff that's in front of you and and trying to extrapolate a lot of scientific data out. Right, okay, that's okay, not yeah. my point. My point was that um, that got me thinking about whether the dragons that could Mr. Ben <laughs> the, 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 the dragons could evolve naturally because right, could that okay. happen we've seen evolution produces a number of weird and wonderful amazing things that we see every day and we probably take for granted well, we've got uh, the Kodo- not Kodomo that's um, a oh, Japanese, Komodo Japanese child Komodo dragon yeah that's not really a dragon though. the, the, the no. nearest thing that comes to it doesn't fly obviously and it, and it, and it does leave I think it, I think that delivers some sort of toxic protein into when it bites you which, which makes it worse but it obviously doesn't breathe fire mm. um Obviously, um, <laughs> uh, that clear. Um, but anyway, I, I looked up a lot of scientific blogs about who have actually sort of talked about this sort of stuff and, and found out whether a dragon could naturally and actually exist. Um, and it, oh, I don't think it can. Um, but I, when I was doing that, I found out about a parasitic worm. Right, get the, check this out. Right, there's a parasitic. This is what I mean when the world is amazing. There's a parasitic worm that exists that lives in frogs and. The upshot of the parasitic worm living in the frog means that it makes them develop loads of extra limbs. Right, okay, yeah. So if a frog is living with this particular parasitic worm, I think it's in South America, it can sprout up to six extra legs. 
Incredible. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, how That's do you the even? Symptom. But how do you like? I mean, presumably you must do something with the DNA of the frog. Yeah, I have no idea how that happened. I, I tried to re- listen. I, I was, I was, I put it in perspective. I was reading like blogs from like proper scientific journals, mm. and I just couldn't work it out. I mean, that kind of. Thing, I, I know, it's like you've seen the. Uh, it was a few years ago now. I think I showed you the, that, that horrible ant fungus. Where, yes. Where the the effective affected ant basically a big just. Big kind of, you know, like in cartilage where you get knocked on the head and you get like a big kind of like lump yeah. on the top of your head, like doesn't a big egg on ant, your head. Doesn't it make the ant go to the highest point possible? Yeah, well, yeah. It, it makes it, it makes you basically run into the, uh, wherever the ants are, basically, to, 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 to find the rest of the ants to infect all of the other ants yeah. and stuff. It controls the brain. Yeah. Uh, and it, it basically makes, it grows out the top of the head. It's this horrible kind of fungus thing. But if an ant spots, that his mates, you know, acting a bit weird, or he's got this fungus. Like they just jump on them and just get them out of the nest, and get them out of the um, Dude, uh, that's just get them out of the nest and throw them off, like throw them out of the nest as far as they can, sort of thing, and try and kill it before it kills the whole uh, collection of ants. Huh. That was a collective noun for an ant. An uh, army, I guess. An ant army, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Uh, horrible. Like, but yeah. the, the video of the fungus growing out of the top of the ant's head is the most affecting thing. Worse I've, than a fox on a, on a rail. I, it's, it was horrible. I think I've seen um, a David Attenborough thing on that. Oh. Yeah. So I think it makes the ant, doesn't it also make the ant go to the highest point possible so it can affect the most mm. biggest area or something? Ugh. Weird how that stuff sort of It's evolved. so strange that, that that has evolved over millions of years and yeah. that's, what, that's what that microbe does, that's what that fungus does. Well, if you are a, a sort of evolutionary biologist or someone who's very learned in this sphere, much more learned than Pete and I, yeah. um, get in touch <laughs> with whatever. Much. I'd be in- particularly interested if there's a world that is possible where dragons could exist because this one this one scientist was saying that well there are, there is a there is a beetle called the bombardier beetle which mm. i think man it sort of um manages to manufacture like a particularly potent acid in its own chamber in its body right and spit it out yeah and that, and that has a burning effect is the bombardier beetle the one with the big kind of like uh pincers at the top like, like but the really heavy duty pincers that's part of its like kind of head no i think that's the um Oh, what's that called? It's not called a scarab. It's not a scarab beetle. It's something else. No, okay. no it's not. It's been. The but it's, like, it's, it's about the size of a palm. Isn't yeah. It? No, it's this huge. bombardier beetle is quite small. small right. Quite small. Yeah. But but this, so this this um this scientist was sort of ruminating on the possibility of essentially there's a precedent for animals producing these chemicals. So maybe a, a lizard, in theory, could do the same. And then with friction, as it spit it out, yeah. essentially ignite it. Ignite the... Uh, but, but, I mean, the idea that it wouldn't set fire to itself at the same time <laughs> is possibly a bit more difficult, yeah. Well, we can breathe fire, can't we, if we, you know, huff a load of uh, lighter fuel. Yeah. So maybe, get, you know. get yourself down to Glastonbury. <laughs> Was it you, you, you light a fuel and... and with your poi. bit of poi, yeah. You're a big fan of fire poi, aren't you? Fucking it, poi. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 if anyone turns up at your party, at your art gallery, at your, you know, outside installation, and he's got poi, just yeah. kick him in the nuts. It's and it's, so, I'm not going to say girls, because girls rarely do it. It's always it's, it's some dickhead. It's the same category some, as a white man with dreadlocks, right? Yeah, it, they usually come hand in hand, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. And hemp trousers. <laughs> you Kem- wear hemp trousers. Yeah, I don't wear hemp trousers. They're linen. It's two different things. Are we doing emails now? Let's do emails. Shall we do emails? Yeah. We'll do our proper break now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, uh, speaking of uh, people, or rather animals hurting people with uh, things... Bat bombs are back. Are they? Do you remember we talked about bat bombs a little while yeah, ago? episode one, episode maybe. Episode one. Kevin Griffin says, in the earlier days of the podcast, he spoke about animals being used by the military, but I wondered if you were aware of how the Mongol armies had a tactic of requesting a gift of sparrows from their enemies. They would then set a big fire in the bird cages and then uh, release the birds, which would be uh, a flame, if indeed that's a word. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> of course yeah. it is, Kevin. Uh, and then they would naturally fly home to the enemy city, setting everything alight. That's horrific. And that's a According to the trustworthy source, Marco Polo, the Netflix series. <laughs> that is horrific, isn't it? <laughs> Kublai Khan also uh, uses a similar technique with Flaming Horse in the series, The Nasty Beggar. That is mean. Somebody tweeted about Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones uh, basically just tells you how it's always bad to be a horse. Horses are getting slain left and centre. Yeah, I imagine in, that's in, probably the case in medieval yeah. times generally, though, mm. isn't it? I mean, they, Horses they, were badly treated. I think that most animals, mm. apart from the faithful dire wolves in, uh, <laughs> in Game of Thrones. Are the three-eyed crows? Yeah, three-eyed raven. Three-eyed raven. Yeah. He's a little dick, isn't he? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, um, he's so emo. Oh, he's so emo. He's like, do you remember when Spider-Man went emo in that film? The Spider-Man yeah. 3? yeah. Dreadful. There's so many Dreadful. of those films. We got a bit of, not beef, but a little bit of a, we've come to a bit of an impasse in our household because my wife is massively into Marvel. Right. And so we are. Uh, you a DC? Are you a DC? No, buddy? I don't mind. I, I, I generally am enthusiastic, generally sort of lightly enthusiastic mm. about all of it. But um, there's just so many of those films. I mean, I've got, I've got a um, thing about films generally. I, just, you know, I like watching them. But a film, I think, should be a proper commitment and should be you should sit down and concentrate on it and, mm. and you know and a lot of them can be quite long of course I just think there's way too many films being made there's way too many films being made and also the there's no mid-size kind of action film blockbuster anymore you're either a 300 million Marvel yeah, job or an indie film and, yeah. they're, and they're, but they're always like they're always three hours long make yeah. them short Dunkirk hour and a half that, that was, was beautiful great. yeah that was great I mean and that didn't feel short because it was bloody harrowing I find it confusing with the Marvel films I know I'm going to sound like an old man here but like my wife will be like, oh, let's just watch this Marvel film. And, okay, what is it? It's this. Fine. Um, haven't we watched one of those recently? No, but yeah, this is the origin story of the character. Like, what, what, don't <laughs> well, they reinvented Spider-Man like four times, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, and Batman. Donald Glover was supposed to be it, and then he didn't get it, which and is Batman. annoying. Um, yeah. And speaking of the indie film thing, do you know that film Valerian? Have you seen it? What, the new, that, that sci-fi Luke one? That, Besson that's film. part of a uh, That's part of a series, isn't it? That's part of a comic. Uh, I, got, I got Luke Besson mixed up with... Um, Goddard the other day yeah, people, people, um, people <laughs> jumped on me for it on, on this show a few weeks ago but anyway that Valerian which is, I think is directed by Luc Besson mm. is the well, the most expensive indie film ever technically it, the budget was 200 million but it was all raised independently 
Right, okay. It wasn't made by a big studio. And then they put Rihanna in it. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> well flopped. Done, it's flopped, it's massively it? flopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, uh, uh, but every new thing, like, n- nobody wants to work with new IP anymore. Everyone just wants to use that, um, that, oh, God, it had Jekyll and Hyde in it. Um, oh, it was The Mummy, The Mummy. Uh, the, oh, reboot, and, uh, the reboot of, uh, the reboot oh, of, Tom um, Cruise. of Tom Cruise, uh, basically wanting to be, replace that guy who used to be in films and isn't Brendan anymore. Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Um, yeah, like that's part of the Universal Monsters kind of thing. So like Frankenstein right. and Vampire, uh, oh, well, Dracula and stuff like that. So they're coming back. The most recent film I've seen Jekyll oh. Hyde in is that film The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. And that film will always be... Was a bloody mess. It'll always be legendary in your and I's working life because when we flew back from South Africa together in 2010... That was the we only flew, film. It was the only film they had, and it was in, <laughs> and it was in French. I always remember the film for that reason. I'd already seen it anyway, but um, uh, yeah, absolutely bizarre stuff. <laughs> but speaking of films, have you done your emails? Do you want me to do? I've got a couple here. Of you, uh, I've got, I've got a couple. Go of no, 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 it's, it's fine. Uh, you, oh, well, you, you, listen, you, I just pick thought up the, pick, pick up the Luc Baton. Well, it just might be nice to bring. Um, to, not not related to Luke Besson, um, to bring in uh, the film link here because we've got yeah. two emails about the film Deep Blue Sea. Right. I don't think I'm that... It's one of those films that was very popular around mm. about the time of Bad Boys 2. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe yeah. a little later. Quite cultish. It yeah. stars a little Cool J. For those of you who aren't up to speed on it, um, it, it stars a little Cool J. Uh, and uh, it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it as well, actually. Yes. And one or two others, of course. And anyway, I've got two conflicting uh, opinions and emails about it here. One from a good friend of mine, Andy Redman. Uh, he says, uh, Hawaii lads, um, I feel compelled to leap heroically to the protection of the much villainized great white shark. Now, this is based on something we talked about a few weeks ago. Right. Where we talked about LL Cool J in the film Deep Blue Sea <laughs> fighting off a great white shark by jamming his crucifix into its eye. Right, okay, so this yeah, is where yeah, we pick, yeah, This is where we pick the up the story. The one he had around his neck. Yeah, this yes, is where we pick up right, the story yes. of Andy Redman. He says, he says, the great white shark is a species that's already considered endangered and which now apparently needs protection from Luke and Pete's slanderous and wildly inaccurate declarations. I am, of course, referring to Luke's fleeting reference to Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J and his intention to knock out the film's leading great white shark, to which I would like to remind you the sharks in question were actually genetically modified mako sharks. Ah. To refresh, sorry, to refresh our collective memories, I'll quote directly from the film's uh, Wikipedia page. A team of scientists searches for a cure for Alzheimer's disease. Fluids from the brain tissue of three mako sharks are harvested. Unknown to the other scientists, doctors Susan McAllister and Jim Whitlock have violated scientific codes of ethics and have (laughs) genetically engineered the sharks to increase their brain size. This has a side effect of making the sharks smarter and more dangerous. Andy finishes by saying, Deep Blue Sea was and remains one of Hollywood's most exciting movie plots in history, and with the addition of such A-list talent as Samuel L. Jackson and Thomas Jane begs the question, how is this cinematic epic, not a multi-film <laughs> franchise, still brutally devouring the global box office to this day? I actually think uh, Deep Big Blue Sea was okay. I think, was, I think Big Shark got involved. I think, if I remember rightly, LL Cool J had a great um, double act with this parrot. I think he had like a parrot. <laughs> it, a Cool-J, parrot and a crucifix. LL wow. Cool J played the chef in this scientific installation right, in the okay. middle of the sea, basically. Um, so it was a little bit under siege. I, mean, I remember watching a trailer of that film and thinking, Samuel Jackson's let you know let himself down there because he's, he's doing B-movies effectively. But he, like Michael Caine, he? does anything, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't understand his criticism of uh, the lad who did Get Out. Okay. He's basically saying, why are all these British actors coming over here and stealing all the roles that, you know, young young black men in, in America? You stole every angry old black man role Ever, for yeah. a good 20 years, mate, and True. made a pretty penny out of it. He'll do anything. Michael Caine will do any film as well. Yeah. Michael Caine apparently missed 
getting an Oscar, or missed the Oscar ceremony or something because he was away filming Jaws 3 or something. <laughs> um, and I'll finish off with from Steve Fisher, who's got a slightly alternative view on the film. He says, Hey chaps, I'm sat at work on a Sunday listening to a backlog of your summer exploits, and I've just heard the discussion about LL Cool J fending off a genetically enhanced great white shark with a crucifix. It was, actually, so, 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 it, was a, it was actually a Marco uh, shark? Mako yeah, shark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'm not sure why you find this so odd, considering that only moments before the shark had locked LL in a catering oven before turning it on. <laughs> Whoa, steady. How did that happen then? Like, well, they got you. Didn't nudge it with their nose. Genetically enhanced brains, oh, mate. Right, sorry. Luckily, LL had, man's, did it? LL had a small axe with him, as you do, and chopped a hole in the top of the oven to escape before cooking alive. Just to clarify, um, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it's an old film, so we have a moratorium on that. LL survives the sharks, but unfortunately, Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten alive while in the middle of a stirring speech let's be honest it was a shit film well it's okay all the best and keep up the good work uh, cheers Steve Fisher so some, some, some very uh, I'm, uh, we do get a lot of emails and we're very thankful for them I'm also regularly surprised at what type of topic is going to really pique the interest of our listeners and I did not expect uh, deep blindsided yeah. yeah to like do that Samuel L. Jackson yeah. we're doing our speeches and there's a big old shark trying to get at us incredible work really mm. I mean well, what I would say is that sharks and foxes haven't fared well on this episode. No, have you got another email, by the way? Uh, do you want an email? Yeah, do another yeah, one. All right, okay. All right, uh, is it from, about a fox uh, or a shark? It's about poo. Martin, hello, Martin. Just a quick note to say, well done on the podcast. I think we all felt some trepidation on how it would be, but it has been great. Okay. Well, I mean, we didn't have any trepidation, but I mean, feel free, you know, <laughs> feel free to flatter us, mine. It's two blokes sat in the room talking rubbish. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I know you wanted to keep the focus very much on poo on your podcast, which I applaud. Incorrect. Again, incorrect. <laughs> you saw, I wondered if you'd come across the poo transplants at all. Have you heard about this? No. You might have covered this in previous pods. We haven't. I, I'm all certain of that. As heard on Radio 4, get me, he writes, uh, that there is a wonderful treatment of poo transplants where donor shite gets liquidized and then put inside the body of, uh, of the recipient, in the gut, basically. These are people who have, like, IBS and stuff like that. People have, like, bad bacteria in their stomach that kind of right. eats away at the stomach lining. You know, like, okay, you know yeah. people have poorly tummies. Yeah, of course, yeah, They have yeah. bad constitutions, I suppose you'd call it. Um, back in the I don't day. like the idea of that at all. Having painful digestive condi- con- uh, conditions. The treatment returns good bacteria to the system and is incredibly simple and affected, uh, effective. Rather, uh, Obviously, the patients accept that there's a certain yuck factor, but when you're in pain, you uh, soon get over that. Quite, awesome, hey? Quite an interesting uh, development. Well, that. Martin says, I personally shaved, uh, saved sharing this uh, gem of info until a family meal where it went down with great enthusiasm. <laughs> nice. But the worst thing that I omitted from my original uh, reading of that email is that the um, donor shite is liquidised, then fed through a tube up the nose and straight into the gut. Oh, I didn't need to hear that. I bit. mean, you've got a closer entrance south of the equator, surely. I didn't need to hear that. Didn't bit. need to go through the. No- Why does it go through the nose? I don't think it can go that, that way. I, don't, I think because of the way the human body is 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 is, sort, is is arranged, if you like. Right. What? It couldn't go through the intestine. I don't think it would work. I don't think it would work. I'm not. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a medical I'm practitioner. I'm fairly certain you can get into the stomach. Okay. Well, you would know more than you have more digestive problems than I do, so yeah. you probably know more than me. But <laughs> probed. That, I've had me problems. We up cannot there. get away from I've this sort of subject. I've had a poo cue in me belly. We can't get away from the subject, can we? No, it's was fascinating. It's very, you know, we do it all the time. At least that's some, an interesting. Some of us more than more, many. At least that's an interesting take on the on the issue, I suppose. Through the nose, though. At least say that. Ugh. Right. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. 
Man Carter. Every single jingle has got a little bit at the end of you talking again. Just a little extra. Yeah. Just a little something, something. <laughs> a little something. A little something. A little something, little something, something. for daddy. A little, um, little something for daddy. Before we get into this, I'll never sort of technically pass the jingle, but if, if I may... Mm. Um, the email there, he's talking about the uh, the fecal transplants. I mean, don't put fecal, don't sully the in, the Mencata feature with dirty poo poo. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm just going to say he mentioned something quite. In, oh, I'm quite interested in there, which mm. is he brought that up at a family meal and it went down badly. Yeah, I am personally quite fascinated by conversations that are had at family meals. Right, which okay. is something I've got a particular interest in because it, in my family we semi-regularly I'll go and visit my parents back mm. to the family home and my sister will do the same and we'll have a big sit-down meal it might be Easter might be an occasional Sunday or whatever and uh, it's always fascinating I think dynamic and oh, as you get oh older. yeah massively yeah. so if you're out there and you have got some great stories about st- things you've told make them true don't make them up because it's annoying mm. we can always tell when they're made up anyway get in touch and tell us about them well it's, it's quite stressful it's stressful for certain parties in the group and some people just want to have fun I always remember family sort of dinners it would always be around about the time if we ever sat down which you rarely did rarely sat down for a family dinner Christmas literally just Christmas yeah. day and that's it uh, and my mum would be my dad had come back from the pub and he'd just be that side of being a dickhead. Like, he'd yeah. suddenly be very interested in what you're up to. And it's like, just get out of my face, dad. Just get out of my... It's fine. Yeah. Just have a meal yeah. and we can escape to our bedrooms and I can play football manager. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> and, and you can go back to watching the television yeah. and drinking your Newtie Brown. But he'd just be at the pub and he'd come back. And he would be... Not excruciating, but he'd be very interested. And, and so my mum would like say something like, oh, I just want some more potatoes. I'm like, no, fine, mum. Are you sure? Are you sure? Like, cut proper, you know. My mum does like, yeah, Just sort yeah. of, do you want this? And he'd go, have some more. And I'm going, no, I'm fine, Dad. And we'd have this kind of like, really kind of like childish kind of argument about him being a dickhead and me yeah. also being a, an equally sized dickhead. I remember you know. your dad doesn't like talking about feelings either, does he? He just likes our oh. feelings now. And the two memories I've got... Unless of, he's uh, had a few, and then he's well up for it. <laughs> he won't stop. No, he, won't, um, he will not stop. If you do want to get in touch about that, it's hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. Yeah. At lukeandpeatshow.com, sorry, and it's at lukeandpeatshow on Twitter. Mm. Um, my t- two of my memories that spring to mind about family meals in my house, one was when I was annoyed about one thing or another. I don't know, I was just sulking. I was probably, I was probably only about 30. And, uh, <laughs> no, I was talking about something in there, and my, I, I, I was just decided I was not going to eat the meal. I was just going to not do it. And Hunger strike. Yeah, basically. And, um, it was annoying because it was all, Sunday roast is amazing, and I was, mm. I, I particularly loved it. And I just sat through the whole thing, not eating anything. And then went, got sent up to my room. Even the meat? Yeah, nothing. <sighs> and my dad came no. up, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get an absolute bollock in here. And he came up, and he went, I admire your, uh, I admire your, uh, your stubbornness there. Yeah. It's, it's a good effort. I admire your stubbornness there. Did you eat my dinner? But, yes, I did. But, <laughs> but, yeah. But. You're an idiot. And I was like, yeah, fine. And the second one is I once choked. It's not badly. Not badly, but badly. It's the inverse of not eating. Badly enough for my dad to have to hit my back a few times yeah. on a piece of beef. <laughs> and, and the thing that was annoying about it was, and I don't think she'll listen anyway, my sister thought it was hilarious and I thought that was really out of order. Because <laughs> she just didn't take it seriously at all. So anyway, listen, I think family meals are a great yeah. sort of fertile ground for, for, for discussion, so do get in touch on it. People getting furious for no good reason. Yeah, there's a lot of that, isn't there? There's yeah. a lot of things that it makes, what it makes you realise is the things that your family do that sometimes annoy you to outsiders just don't even register on the radar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've always said, like, I go home and I'll touch my dad's computer and I'll literally move an icon and he'll, but he'll know. 
Yeah. You know, I've moved something around or I've, I've asked him to do something that he doesn't want to do right at that moment. I'm like, Dad, just give us the passcode and I just need to do something quickly. He's like, no, I'll go up and put, enter the passcode myself. I'm going, Dad, <laughs> you, it's not the nuclear codes. <laughs> just give us, give us the password. But the thing is, my dad's so anal about writing all of the passwords down. Everyone's a different password. Yeah. But they're all in a red book on his desk. Yeah. So completely negating, you know, Point, the need yeah. for, 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 you know, telephone banking numbers and all that stuff. They're all in one book. So if your dad actually is a target of espionage, which apparently he's so, <laughs> so worried about. Make it so easy. Yeah, exactly. I've never known. Like, I don't know whether, you know, men of advancing years are just constantly told by, I guess, you know, the the, 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 the Daily Mail and the BBC that people are just trying to steal your paltry amount of money. People are start trying to steal your money and they're trying to hack you and they try to do this. So, you know, be careful with your passwords and don't go online and don't do this. And, and you're just constantly scared and install as many cyber defenders as you can on your computer, which in turn, is a form of malware that makes your computer run slowly and it means you've got to reset it every few months. Yeah. And also, banks, the reason banks do that is because they know if you get busted, they have to pay for the money. Yeah, exactly. That's why they don't want yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Right, email. Anyway. email. I, I love this email. It's fascinating. This uh, is Mancata, from- isn't it? It's his Mancata, yeah. Yeah, okay, but it's an email. But, but, but it's, a, it's, okay. a, it's a listener prompted oh, email. I've got, I've got something quick for Mancata as well. Mm. We'll do it at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Casey in Seattle. Hello, Casey. Uh, I emailed a little while ago about wasps and figs, but apparently you need something a little more juicy for your show. So I present to you the My Way Killings. All right. Have you heard about this? Uh, apparently in the Philippines, a disproportionate amount of people were killed during the performances of the song My Way, popularised by uh, Frank Sinatra, of what? course. It got so bad that some karaoke bars removed the song from their selection and people still refused to sing it. There's still some uh, speculation about why this song in particular was so sanctimonious, but some have suggested that the arrogant nature of the lyrics have, av- aggregated, <laughs> have aggravated an already violent karaoke culture. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm reading from the Wikipedia, but the My Way Killings are a social phenomenon in the Philippines referring to a number of fatal disputes which arose during the singing of the song My Way. Well, so someone hears the song My Way being sang... And then they think, right, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed you. off with that person. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, this has brought it all to, to yeah. a head for me. It huh. is quite an arrogant song, I suppose, isn't it? But yeah, um, a New York Times article estimates the number of killings uh, to be about up to six. Another source estimates at least 12 uh, between uh, eight years. Opinions differ on whether the possible connection is due to uh, the coincidence of the song or just the frequency, maybe, of the song being sang. Yeah, it must be. Uh, but it's an arrogant song. My, Very arrogant. My initial reaction to that is that is almost certainly one of the most popular karaoke songs around. Mm. And I'd be interested to know how the amount of killings during my way compares to, say, for example, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Also very popular, but <laughs> twice as long. And also, I mean, a lot of these uh, murders have involved guns. Put a gun against his head, pull my trigger, now he's dead. And you can do probably a hundred killings to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'd stay with heaven. Down, 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 bang. Yeah. And yeah. Pete, when, you, when you're on the radio and you need to go to the toilet and you put stay with heaven on, think of the amount of killings you can do yeah. in that amount of time. Free that, I mean, bird. Bit of free bird. Don't, yeah, exactly. Great Setting example. people's souls free. Don't don't kill anyone. Don't kill anyone. But that's that's a that's a much more. There's much more of a chance of doing more killings to those sorts of songs. So they're much longer. Yeah. In uh, 2007, a 29 year old karaoke singer of My Way at a bar in uh, Rizal uh, was shot dead as he sang the tune allegedly by the bar security guard. I mean, <laughs> imagine being a security guard at karate, karate bar in a karaoke bar. Whoa. So a lot of Filipinos will not sing that song in public in order to avoid trouble. How do you feel about karaoke generally? Uh, I'm not a big fan. Mainly people who really like karaoke are usually really good singers. Hmm. And they all go, oh, should we do some karaoke? Why? Yeah. I'm drinking. If someone says to me at any point, Let's go, we're going out, we're going out, great, where are you going? Karaoke, I'm not doing it. No, I'll, I'll indulge if I'm only, you know... 
out, but I've probably done it four times in my, li- in my life, in my the, entire life. The absolute key to karaoke is to not take yourself too seriously while you're doing it. Yeah. You can't be pumping your fist like that guy from Hardy High and Pebble Mill that time. <laughs> Which is one of the greatest things ever. What's his name? Oh, he had like Paul a Shane. Paul, Sh- Paul McShane or Paul no, Shane? Paul Shane, I think, yeah. Paul McShane is Lovejoy, isn't he? No, that's Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah. He's also in Game of Thrones. Yes, <laughs> he, he is, yeah. So Paul Shane was a, in a TV show in uh, England. It's called Heidi High. And in the 80s. He was a big fat kind of man. He looked like, if you ever read the, uh, the Viz uh, comic, um, he looks like Airtis. Okay. Who buys? Who ruins his life every week uh, buying cheap lager? I'm not familiar <laughs> with, the char- with, the, with the character, yeah. but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it was a, it was a, it was a comedy show set out in a holiday camp in like, the 70s and 80s, yeah. wasn't it? which is very popular. Very low rent. There were a lot of very low rent um, sitcoms back in the day that we sort of grew up on. Hello, hello. <laughs> what? Would you mean what? Yeah, hello, hello. That was one. Well, oh, right. If you want to get involved, hello, hello, <laughs> hello, hello at Luke and Pete Show. It's hello at uh, LukeandPeteShow.com if you want to suggest something for Men Carter. One, one thing I find interesting about those sort of sitcoms is mm. you got a few of them around that sort of era. And Dad's Army, which I know was before, but it certainly went on through that era. Mm. Um, hello, hello, um, Heidi High. It's funny, but to different groups of people, those sitcoms are classics. Like, I've, got, yeah. I've got a sort of fairly tight group of about four or five mates, right? And, Only uh, foods I can't really stand, to be honest. Well, that's, like, back in the day, maybe you know. That's probably another. That's probably another one. But the, the point I was just going to briefly make is that I've got this group of so four or five friends who hang out together quite a lot, and we've got very similar tastes and stuff and things in common, as you'd imagine. Mm. At one point, one of my mates in that group, he just started talking about hello, hello. Like yeah. it was the best thing ever. Like it was like, like real boilerplate comedy, yeah. and that's the weird thing. Sometimes you'll know people who are quite kind of like normal and intelligent and clever, but. When it comes to comedy, they've got this kind of really unrefined taste. Well, he, well, he was stuff. he was sort of like talking about it in like the same terms of like forty towers and stuff. And it's like well, I'm not sure that's true, but I'm just saying it's all subjective. Well, bearing in mind the plots were, again were very boilerplate. They were just very kind of they were they were the farce, weren't they? Really, you know. Yeah. The Brit- but our sort of generation was like the British Empire and you rang my lord and stuff like that. You know, it was like um, real naff shit. Game on. Game on, but Game on was a little more adult. I have a little more warmth. It was very nineties though. It was very well. There's one. There's a start of one of them where uh, the one of the main characters, the guy, the, the shut in, the guy's the shut in. He um, Matthew starts dancing around to a song off "Gold Against the Soul" by the Mannix. Yeah, I write this alone in my bed. I poison every room in my house. That one. Yeah, uh, and he starts uh, from despair to where. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he dances around, and I think they play the whole song. And I'm yeah. thinking, who's writing this? The whole thing. And then Martin gets out and goes, "Will you be quiet, please?" The first like, guy, who, the first actor who played Matt in Game On, which obviously changed. Yeah. Is is I think I think I'm right in saying he's a very very like well respected actor. He was in the Thin Red Line and stuff like that. He was in. Um, he went to Hollywood and he's it a looked like he, was gonna, like, he looked like he was going to make it with. He's a uh, favorite of like, cats and dogs. He's like a favorite. Of, oh, is that right? But yeah. he's a favorite of like Terence Malick and like people yeah. like that. But he never really quite did it. I think he had some sort of issue, like personal issue or something. I think like that. so. Yeah, I sometimes see him in the pub. Oh, in do you pub. really? That's yeah. fascinating to and, me. And the same. Well, in the pub, as in a members' bar in the middle of Soho. But yeah. uh, but uh, I also did I, have I said. This? In the podcast that I saw Joy from Friends in that same pub. Did you? And he had a uh, a girl on his lap all night. Matt LeBlanc. So on brand. Wow, that is. He had a girl good. on his lap all night. Maybe he has to. <laughs> um, I've got something quick for Men Carter. Hello. Um, so I mentioned a while back about the island of St Kilda. Yes, so it seems to resonate, yes, yes, yes. resonate with a few listeners, and, and um, it was, it's an island off the west coast of Scotland, which is very, very interesting in terms of its backstory and how very it was... Hum- very humble of you. How it was... And how, resonated what? with the listeners. Well, this is what, what I do, mate. This is what I do. Um, and, Trendsetter, um, tastemaker, and influencer, Luke Moore. You finished? Nope. 
You missed Dreamweaver off that. Fuck boy. <laughs> Dreamweaver. <laughs> Dreamweaver. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the story about how St Kilda was was inhabited and, and, and eventually evacuated was very, I thought, was very interesting. But anyways, Travis Hall sent this mm-hmm. in about an island I'd never heard of called North Sentinel Island. Right. I sent you a video of it on WhatsApp earlier. You probably didn't watch it yet. Oh, we don't have time. Yeah, watch it later. Um, North Sentinel Island is in the Bay of Bengal between India and Myanmar. Hmm. And, I mean, in real terms, no one really knows anything about it, I don't think. Mm. And the reason for that is because the people who live there, and no one, again, knows how many there are. There could be about 40, but there could be anywhere up to 500. Um, The people who live there are so aggressive, and I mean literally kill people who turn up there, still Mm. now, that that India, who technically is a de facto sort of uh, ruler of the island... Mm. It falls under Indian jurisdiction. It's on record as saying, and has passed legislation to say, three mile exclusions around the island, um, <laughs> and um, we have absolutely no interest in creating Negotiating. cordial relations no. or sending de- delegations. But we have given them one of our nukes. No, no, yeah. <laughs> because we've told them about Pakistan. So there's all these stories about... Um, you know, for example, um, you know, a couple of guys going there, not really knowing what it was, right? Okay, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. fishing for crabs and stuff, yeah, killed. <laughs> guys just come out. Literally, I know this sounds mental. Literally, I mean, I think that was in the nineties, yeah. not that long ago. A load of guys came out with weapons, just killed them, right? And there was there was a terrifying story in the part of North Sentinel Island's history where isn't um, that weird? That that's like allowed, like in this well, day and age. Going, it's, it's crazy. Oh, that's fine, isn't it? But it's, it's, a, 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 a gen, like a citizen of India just killed some people. But I think I think the 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 Indian government are in this sort of situation where they don't. They're, wanna... they're technically an indigenous tribe, but they're technically a, exactly. Yeah. So they have a certain amount of protection. They've right. been there. The, the video I sent you, mm. um, which is the only sort of documentary type video I can find on it, and I was very appreciative of Travis sending it in because it's absolutely fascinating. Saying that there's people been living there consistently for sixty thousand years. Right. So it's, it's an island of some you know, of some rich just, history. Yeah. Um, but the story, the story, one of the stories I read, which I think was in the sixties or seventies, there was a period, a small period of time where there was sort of cordial relations and people were able to go there, chat and all that sort of stuff, and it was fine. But right. that was very, very brief. But there was a, a, a terrifying story of a, of a ship which ran aground on a reef off of North Sentinel Island, a matter of maybe I don't know, hundred meters, let's say, uh, and, it, and it was ran aground. It couldn't get anywhere. Check this out, right? So these these people, these sailors, are on this ship, mm. fairly sizable ship. And they can't go anywhere. They've radioed in for help, but they've got to wait because it's quite isolated, yeah. right? These these guys on this island, the North Sentinel Leagues, they're called, who again this unrivaled aggression in, in their makeup. It seems they start making boats to start rowing out to kill them all. <laughs> right? The only thing that stopped them was a storm that came in, which meant they couldn't get to them. And when the storm passed, luckily a helicopter was able to come and, and, and lift them off. <laughs> so to this day, 2017, North Sentinel Island is untouchable by modern... I think they're the last or one of the last uh, communities to be completely untouchable mm. by the outside world. No one will go near it because it's so dangerous. If you can beat that story... Get in touch. So I, hear, I hear it's twinned with Hartlepool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been down there Friday night? Yeah. Yeah. Been so on Church Street. On the YouTube video documentary I saw, someone, um, someone, one of the comments was, this, this island seems to have a lot of trouble in common with Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's like a language thing as well. Do you reckon they like just don't speak any languages that uh, anyone else does? No one, no one knows, I don't think. North Central Island. If anyone from North Central Island listening, guys, get, get, 
Come on. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. Get together, guys. It's unlikely. We could reach across that ocean and show the I rest think, of the world how to live. I think you're the man to do I it. Think, <laughs> I think you should go there. I'll turn in a big old tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knock them all over. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, enough of murdering indigenous tribes. We don't approve of it. No. Unless in extreme well, circumstances. Honest, I think these guys are asking for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. If there is one indigenous tribe, I reckon, you know, they did kill a lot of people. There's a few other comments on that YouTube video. One was, well, we're not so civilised ourselves when you think about it. <laughs> And, uh, Compared to that, yes, we probably are. I think a couple of comments about Hitler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Usual stuff, Isn't that the rule on, uh, on the internet? Yeah. You know, it, would someone imagine Hitler at some point? Godwin's Isn't law. There, wasn't there a lot of uh, Daily Mail... Uh, uh, Daily Mail... There's a Daily Mail Watch uh, Twitter page that basically um, looks at all the comments on DailyMail.com. Yeah. And there are some pretty extreme views. There was a guy uh, on there who, the other day... who were fans of the Daily Mail. It's a fascinating um, insight into the psyche of, of people who read the Daily Mail, which I personally find... You know, obviously, everyone's different, but I personally find it quite troubling. Uh, there was literally a comment on that Daily Mail watch Twitter the other day which said... What we need now is three Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, they were basically sort of talking about, I don't know, probably Muslims or something like that. But it was basically just, uh, Hitler is great, Hitler is great, Hitler is great. It's like, yeah. wow, that's uh, nice to see people crawling from, um, with, from underneath their rocks. In political language, what one would call a robust viewpoint. <laughs> robust viewpoint, yeah. indeed. Uh, right, that's about it for us. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. We've touched on so many things. We've descended into mentioning Hitler, so the show must be over. Eating Poe, Hitler, Indigenous Tribes, we're all good for that. Uh, we're uh, out of here, but we'll be back next week for more uh, Luke and Pete Show. If you want to get involved, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. That at, is the correct... Yes, it is, and yes. at Luke and Pete Show on Twitter. And make sure you do spread the word, tell your pals, subscribe, review on Reviewing's iTunes. Reviewing's important, all apparently. That, all that stuff's important to us. I might go on and review myself. Got bravo, Donaldson. You'd probably give yourself one star. <laughs>